Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. Jay Zawoski with you here. It is Talk Back Tuesday. Lots of your questions to get to. Not that many, actually. You know, there's a damn pandemic. There's no hockey. Not a ton of questions. But we're going to make it work here on Talk Back Tuesday. You want to get in touch? 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can send a voice memo there, too. That's actually ideal because it's your voice, and it sounds fantastic, and it's really easy. So do that. Record that voice memo on your phone and send it to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal account is at jayzawoski670. And the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, my original Hawks podcast at Madhouse Pod. A new episode of that came out on Monday. Still stands up. I really think it's good stuff. Uh, my partner James Naveau and I got into the Corey Crawford, uh, not versus uh, Henrik Lundqvist, but more of compared to Henrik Lundqvist conversation. I think you'll enjoy that. So give that a listen. Make sure you go there, rate and subscribe that one like you do. Uh, rate, review, rescribe, rescribe, subscribe to Madhouse Podcast and Lockdown Blackhawks, of course. All right, thanks for joining us. Um, want to promote my event tonight on Hot Mike, and I know you might be tired of getting me promoting these things, but we're raising some good money for some good causes, so want to promote it. Tonight, on the Hot Mike app, download it, hotmike.io, or go to your app store, Download the Hot Mic app. When you do, you'll be prompted to enter a promo code. Enter promo code MADHOUSE. That will get more money in the coffers where we can donate more. That way, that's very important that you use that promo code MADHOUSE. Then when the Hawks and Sharks game, game three of the Western Conference Final from 2010, is airing tonight, 7 p.m. on NBC Sportsnet, I will be your second screen. You can sync up your TV audio with me. We will talk. We'll interact. We'll have a good time during the game. The first game we did was, what game was that? I forget. It was one of the Vancouver games. Uh, Raised $600 for Chicago Blackhawks Charities for COVID-19 relief. A couple days later, we did another game. Uh, Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation raised over $200 for that. So that's $800 raised so far for COVID-19 relief. Tonight, we're partnering with my Madhouse podcast sponsor, Fry the Coop. They're the best hot chicken you'll ever have. They're in Oakland or in Elmhurst. Tons of locations. Frythecoop.com. Check them out. They are serving food to first responders, and for every dollar donated, they are matching in food donations. So if we can raise, I'm going to set the goal right now. If we can raise $250 tonight via the tip jar on Hot Mike or via my Venmo, which is at Jay Zawoski, will be over $1,000, and I'll be very, very pleased, and I'll stop asking you for help raising money for these wonderful, wonderful organizations. But it's a lot of fun. I do it from my basement. You'll see me on your phone or on your tablet. The Hawks will be on your TV, and we'll react in real time to the game. Remember those great moments. The reason I'm picking Game 3 tonight is that that night it was – May 21st, when that game happened, in the wee hours of May 22nd, my daughter was born. So my wife and I, who fell in love with each other, going to Hawks games together, um, my wife gave birth to our first and only child the night the Blackhawks were a win away 
from advancing to the Stanley Cup final. So a very special night for me, a very special night for my wife, and of course my daughter. Um, I'll have at least my daughter pop onto the Hot Mic broadcast. Um, she is going to be 10 in May, and uh, she's been chomping at the bit to get on a Hot Mic broadcast. So I might give her the microphone for a little bit to talk to you guys. It'll be very cute. It'll be very fun. She's a total ham. So I think you'll enjoy seeing my daughter Addie on camera because she will not let you down. Back on the Madhouse podcast, we used to do a thing called Addie's Fashion Corner where she would review hockey jerseys and uniforms that teams wear. And we'd say, Addie, what do you think? Like, what's your take on this uniform? And she'd give a nice detail. It wasn't great for, uh, you know, podcast because there was no visual tied to it. You had to go Google it and look it up. But um, she'll be part of things tomorrow night. She's excited about it. So join me. Let's raise some money. Again, if we can raise 250 bucks, that would be absolutely ideal. Of course, there's no limit. Feel free to raise as much as you'd like. Um, but we'd very, very much like to have you along with us on Hot Mic tonight. So once again, go download the Hot Mic app. Go to the website, hotmic.io. Either way, then use that promo code MADHOUSE. Then look me up and follow me on the Hot Mic website. And anytime I go live, you will be alerted. So if you forgot, oh, no. I'm going to be right there buzzing in your pants. That's right. Just reminding you, here I am. I'm ready to watch some hockey and have some fun with you. So the goal is 250. If you can't make it tomorrow night, no problem. You can hit that Venmo right now at Jay Zawoski, and I guarantee you every penny raised will go to supporting Fry the Coop's efforts to feed the doctors and nurses serving people with COVID-19 every single day. I have a, my cousin is a nurse at uh, Christ. My neighbor is a nurse who is actually right now being quarantined from her own children, which is extremely difficult, obviously. Um, So just giving them, providing them a little bit of comfort during the course of their horrible and hectic days goes a really long way. So let's help out Fry the Coop. Let's raise some money. Let's feed these, uh, these responders who are giving so much of themselves to make people that are suffering comfortable, to help people that are suffering get better at the expense of their own health and their own mental and physical well-being during this really, really difficult time. It's Talkback Tuesday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Not a ton of questions, but some good ones. First, a two-minute and 35-second voicemail slash research project starts things off here on Talkback Tuesday. Hey, Jay. This is Sean in Yarmouth, Maine. Hey, I was wondering if you read the article, Best Player to Wear Every Jersey Number in NHL History. It's a pretty good article. I mean, it kind of makes sense to have material like this in the athletic, especially without hockey right now. Um, I, I actually enjoyed it until I got to number 88 and realized that they don't even mention Patrick Kane. Uh, they gave the nod to Eric Lindros. Uh, so I had to like do a little research and see, is Eric Lindros really the best 88? So let me see. Eric Lindros has 760 games played, 372 goals, 493 assists for a total of 865 points. Uh, that's 1.13 point per game. Uh, Kane has 973 games played, 389 goals, 633 assists, 
for a total of 1,022 points. That's 1.05 points per game. But that's only half the story if you, if you ask me. Let me see, Lindros, he's obviously in the Hall of Fame. He's got a Hart Trophy, a Trophy, Pearson Trophy, and seven All-Star appearances. But this is where it's really different. Kane has three Stanley Cups, a Calder, a Pearson, a Conn Smythe, a Hart, a Ross, and nine All-Star appearances. Plus, he has he's tied for third for five OT playoff goals. So the fact that he's not even mentioned, I think he should he is the greatest 88 ever. But the fact that he's not even mentioned in the article is it's sad. Um, I understand these articles are a lot of times written to rile people up and get, you know, they put these in, they, they uh, leave certain players out intentionally just to uh, get people talking about it. But anyway, just thought I'd, uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on this and, and, and let me uh, see what you thought about the, uh, the article. All right, we have a good day. I uh, hope you guys are staying sane and staying safe. Talk to you later. Bye. Sean, thank you for the voicemail. Thank you for saving me from having to do all the research on that question. You nailed it. It was really great. Um, this just sort of comes to the what do you value when you talk about the best players ever? Okay, now I understand your argument. I see what you're saying about uh, Patrick Kane, um, you know, and his accomplishments and all those things, and I agree with you. I also... While I agree with you that Patrick Kane is the better 88 than Eric Lindros, um, not only because of the Stanley Cups, but because of longevity, 213 more games played and counting for Patrick Kane, Eric Lindros spent a lot of his career injured. Um, You dove into the points per game numbers, goals per game, Patrick Kane .40, Eric Lindros .49, assists, they are an identical .65, so... Very, very similar in production. Something to keep in mind, though, for Lindros. Lindros played in a lower-scoring era of hockey. He played very much in that clutch-and-grab era of the NHL. Um, And you have to wonder, had injuries not derailed his career, what might have been? Now, if you go back and listen to to Monday night's Madhouse podcast, you'll know that the similar argument was made in favor of Henrik Lundqvist. Well, he's played more games than, than Corey Crawford, and yeah, Corey Crawford's won more, and their numbers are the same, but the longevity gives him in the edge. Well, which is it, right? So I agree. I think when you have a contest that close between two players, the tie goes to the team accomplishments. Patrick Kane has a con Smythe. He's got three Stanley Cups. That, to me, is the tiebreaker, okay, when the numbers are as close as they are. Keep in mind, too, Eric Lindros was a humongous human being, 6'4", 240. Easier for him to walk in and generate some offense. Not a lot of people are going to push Eric Lindros out of the way. Patrick Kane, 5'10", 177. So he's got 6 inches and 70 pounds. On Patrick Kane. 
I don't know. I I mean, look, I, I'm not I'm again, just like with the Henrik Lundqvist thing, I'm not trying to dismiss the accomplishments of Eric Lindros. I'm not. But if you're talking about the best eighty eight ever, I and call me a homer, whatever. I don't care. You can call me a homer if you want. But Patrick Kane is the best eighty eight of all time. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in here to Talk Back Tuesday. Very much appreciate you jumping on the show. I know you've got a lot of options now. I know you're working from home, but look, as you're working from home, if you're sitting in the kitchen or the den or your uh, living room, whatever, just say to your smart speaker, play the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, and boom, I am right there in your face talking hard hawk hockey which I know is what you like, right? That's why you're here. But I very much do appreciate you being here. I want to remind you uh, probably two more times uh, about the Hot Mike broadcast tonight, trying to raise money for a good cause. Join me at 7 p.m. on the Hot Mike app. Use that promo code MADHOUSE, and let's raise some money for a great charity. If you can't make it, if you can't be there at 7, which is understandable, my Venmo is open, at Jay Zawoski. Send whatever you can, a dollar, five dollars, doesn't matter. Every donation goes a long way. Every dollar counts. Uh, and by the way, every penny I make from this broadcast, which will be, I don't know, I hate to guesstimate, but probably around 75, 80 bucks, that will be going to the donation as well. I am taking zero profits from the Hot Mic broadcast. So jump in there, donate if you can. There's a tip jar on the app. You can just hit boop, tip the host, boom, I'll get that. Uh, Hot Mike will Venmo me the next morning because I know it's going to charity and I will deposit it the next day. I'll send it to Joe from Fry the Coop and uh, people will be fed and people will be happy. All right, let's get some more questions in here. Uh, Sandra, who emails all the time. Sandra, thank you for your continued support. I uh, really appreciate and like seeing your name on there on the Twitter and on the email when I see it. Appreciate the loyalty of a lot of our listeners here on Lockdown Blackhawks and, of course, the Madhouse podcast as well. So, Sandra says, for Talkback Tuesday, is Stan Bowman really going to sell off Dylan Strom? And to Buffalo? A lot of us are still sore over Yokoharu for Nylander. If he trades Strom for a bag of pucks, whether or not it's to Buffalo, I think Blackhawks fandom will lose its collective mind. Are you hearing anyone from your normally very good sources? Here's a tweet from Elliot Friedman's radio spot on this topic. Elliot Friedman on WGR 550 in Buffalo, Thursday on Dylan Strom. Quote, He's available. I don't think the cost is particularly prohibitive. Now, we talked about the potential on Twitter. Did I talk about it here? I don't remember. Uh, of trading a first-round pick of Buffalo, giving the Hawks a first-round pick for Dylan Strome. And if that's the case, you've got to consider it. And here's the thing. Anyone who's listened to my podcasts over the last five years, but two years where uh, Dylan Strom has been here, knows I'm a big fan of Dylan Strom. I do not want the Blackhawks to sell Dylan Strom. I really don't. I think that he's a really good player. It's important to remember that Dylan Strom just turned 23, like, last month. Yeah, March 7th, he turned 23. And I know it feels like he's been around a long time, but he hasn't. I'm not selling a guy. I'm not moving on from a guy. I, I don't I, I really don't think so. However, the reality of the situation is you've got to re-sign Dominic Kubelik, and I will say that if I'm choosing between Strom and Kubelik, I'm keeping Strom. You can never have too many centers. 
I think he's more proven. You look at some of the uh, puck luck numbers for Dominic Kubalik, including his shooting percentage, which is near 20. Uh, I don't know if it's sustainable, but let's see how the Hawks prioritize things, right? Now, the fact that the fact that Elliot Freeman says the cost isn't prohibitive would make me think a first-round pick is more than the Hawks should expect. I'm not simply moving Dylan Strom to move him. I'm not doing it. And I know that signing him is going to be difficult with Kubalik and with Kajula and whatever. But look, if you've got to buy out Olimata or you've got to whatever, trade Calvin DeHaan or something to keep Dylan Strom around, you do it. But if it's a first-round pick, especially a Buffalo first-round pick, which is going to be a pretty damn good pick, then you've got to consider it. But I just want to be clear here. I'm not selling Dylan Strom. I've been thinking about this a lot. To me, this is the number one thing of this offseason. Whenever it begins, whenever it ends, whatever. We don't even know. But to me, Strom is the biggest thing. And I want Kubalik back. I want Strom back. And you find a way to make both those things happen. If you want to start talking about the next window opening, you don't go and trade a 23-year-old center in Dylan Strom that has proven that he can play at this level, that has great chemistry with Alex Dabrinkit. Dylan Strom has 105 points in 164 games. He's 23. In 116 games with the Hawks, he has 89 points. That's pretty damn good. That is a quintessential second-line center. And I know he's not the flashiest player in the world. I know he's not the best skater in the world. That's that's true. I know that. He's not perfect, but guess what? You know what's really great about that? You've got Kirby Doc on the roster. You've got Kirby Doc there developing, seemingly getting better with every game. I'm sure he's going to spend a lot of this offseason getting bigger getting stronger, stronger on his skates, stronger physically, filling out his frame. Kirby Doc is two or three years away from being an absolute force in the National Hockey League. And if you sign Dylan Strome for two or three more years, at a good deal for both parties, you're in really good shape. Then maybe when Dylan Strome's ready to take that next jump in his career, and Jonathan Taves' contract is nearly up. Then you've got Doc and Strom for the foreseeable future. Jonathan Taves' deal is up after 2022-23. So if I'm the Hawks, I'm signing Dylan Strom, if I can, for three years. So he becomes a free agent at the same time Jonathan Taves does. And Patrick Kane, by the way. And Duncan Keith, by the way. And you could say that to Dylan Strom. Look, we've got, you know, $27 million of cap space coming off the books that year. Maybe you take a little bit less right now to stick around and be our number two center for the foreseeable future. Then you've got a one, two, three of Taves, Strom, and Doc. And Strom and Doc, Strom will be 26 when that deal expires. Kirby Doc will be 23. That's what I'm talking about. 
That is how you get yourself back into championship conversations. Because if Kirby Doc develops into the sort of player we think he can be, then look the hell out. Uh, tweet here from Doc. Doc, D-O-C, by the way. He says, when did NHL goalies start to actually stop pucks? When looking back at old highlights, they just seem to fall over. Also, where is my Brad Brown memory slash highlight? All right, Doc. You're not going to stump me with Brad Brown. Good old number two. Love Brad Brown. Had like kind of the Brillo hair. Good looking young man. Physical defenseman. Really liked Brad Brown. Could, Could drop the gloves to fan favorite in an era where most of the fans hated all of the Blackhawks. As for your question about goalie stopping pucks, you're right. Like, in the era of hockey right before I started watching, so, like, mid-80s is, like, right before I started, you'd see guys, like, just kick their legs out and do, like, a jazz routine trying to stop the puck. The butterfly is what revolutionized goaltending. And that's Trechiak in Russia and some others. That changed the way goalies play. And if you go back and watch some old highlights, the butterfly, you know, was not around. But that was really the big difference in the way goalies played back then. Tony Esposito is known as an innovator of the butterfly, but it's definitely grown. It it really grew into existence in the 80s with Patrick Waugh. And those kind of goalies who use that big size, big frame. And then back in the day, like in the 90s, like when Patrick Waugh was with Colorado, they were wearing enormous jerseys and enormous leg pads and enormous blockers and catchers. So that was a factor too. But the butterfly style that Trechiak and earlier Tony Esposito and later Patrick Waugh and pretty much everybody started using... That, to me, was like really the big difference when you saw goalies more depending on positioning than reflexes. And, of course, reflexes are a huge part of playing goalie. That's a given. But positioning became a big thing. And the goal t- or the butterfly style definitely lent itself to that. Corey Crawford is a great example of how the butterfly goaltending method works. Corey Crawford, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast I think a part of the reason that Corey doesn't get a lot of publicity is because he's not flashy. He's not going to make a, a sprawling kick save or a diving glove save because he's typically in really good position. And if there's a save that's impossible to make, he can't get over because it either you know deflected in front of him or in a rare case he gives up a bad rebound that he can't react to. But that happens so rarely. But when you see Corey Crawford give up a bad goal, it looks really bad because he's so far out of position. But he is a master of the butterfly. Just square to the shooter, down in position, sturdy, absorbs pucks. That's, to me, the evolution of the butterfly. I guess revolution is probably the better word because everybody started using it. That, to me, is when goaltending really turned question here on Twitter, not for me, but I saw it and thought I would bring it up because there's two to come to mind. Daniel Greenberg, who runs the Twitter account at Shy Sports Updates, posed the question, what's one Chicago sports trade that broke your heart? And there's two of them that come to mind. Jeremy Roenick to the Sharks 
I'm sorry, Jeremy Roenick to the Coyotes. I was just looking at the Sharks logo on my calendar. And Chris Chelios to the Red Wings. And while Roenick, upon review, while Roenick was my favorite Blackhawk, it seemed like a done deal. It seemed like it was going to happen. That whole summer, I spent hours and hours and hours like looking at trade rumors, trying to find out like if and when Jeremy Ron is going to get traded for who. It felt like a foregone conclusion. When Chris Chelios got traded, yeah, you knew there was a chance, but it was to Detroit, and it was in the middle of the season. And it was for Anders freaking Ericsson. At least when Alex Jamnov came here, you knew you were getting a pretty good player. And most people hated him, but he was fine. He was a good second-line center. That's not the role he was here because the Hawks didn't have the depth. But Alex Jamnov is a really solid number two center. Good two-way player, great playmaker. I liked Alex Jamnov. You also had the prospect of Ty Jones, who was a pretty hot commodity In that trade, it didn't pan out for him, but you were like, all right, you're getting a really good prospect and a pretty good player for Jeremy Roenick, so it made it slightly, slightly less painful. So to me, the edge, the trade that broke my heart the most was Chris Chelios to Detroit, and I I remember this vividly. The next day, one of my friends in college brought me the Daily Herald. Like, oh, hair, did you see the trade? Like, yes, I saw the trade. Of course I did. What are you talking about? The cover of the Daily Herald was Chris Chelios's face with the Red Wings logo superimposed on it. <laughs> My eyes burned with the fury of a thousand suns when I saw that. That was painful. I remember that moment so clearly. And that was out. I mean, that was the day after the trade was made. I'd already, like, gone through the stages, right? But I saw that newspaper... That was it. I believe the headline was about face or something like that. And But I'll never forget the image of Chris Chelios, the Blackhawks' longtime captain, the heart and soul of the team, Chicago kid, not only traded to the Red Wings, but with the goddamn Red Wings logo superimposed over his face. That's the one. I feel like it's high fidelity here. Number one with a bullet. Chris Chelios to the Red Wings. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Really appreciate it. One more plug. Join me tonight on Hot Mike. Hot Mike app. Download it. It's free. Enter that promo code MADHOUSE. Let's raise some money with our friends Fry the Coop. If you can't be part of the broadcast, hit up my Venmo at Jay Zawoski. We will talk to you on Thursday for the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.